I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Lee Habib with Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Our next story is a story from a listener from Australia, of all places, and how he came to fall in love with a food that is uniquely American, the buffalo wing. My name's Colin Bettles, I'm uh, 50 years old and currently I live in Sydney, Australia, which is uh, on the other side of the country, about 4,000 kilometres or 2,500 miles away from where I uh, grew up in Perth. 
At age 20, in 1990, I set off from Perth for a working holiday in the United Kingdom. I found my way uh, to be working in a bar in the London suburb of Kensington, um, where I worked in between playing cricket for the uh, London Theatres Cricket Club, uh, among others. And in that bar, we mingled with students from all over the world. And, you know, we gained a different tuition on, on uh, each other's worlds over a few beverages at the bar, of course. And um, during this time, I made some very good friends. So um, I didn't have any great conviction about where I was going to travel to while I was on my working holiday. And so I decided to go to the US and visit some of these friends that I'd made while working in the bar and my first stop was to stay with a guy named James who I'd met who was attending a place called Colgate University in a small college town called Hamilton in upstate New York. James lived across the road from a place called Ye Old Pizza Pub. Now, my very first uh, night that I stayed, um, they treated me to buffalo wings from there and I'd never had them before in my life. Uh, in fact, I'd never even heard of them before and they didn't have to do much to convince me to, to try them. And as they say, it was uh, love at first bite. I was hooked on this new taste sensation straight away. What I remember most about that first time experience was the tenderness of the chicken uh, that fell off the bone. It uh, didn't require or virtually required no chewing of the chicken meat. And then of course the um, tangy hot flavor sensation that uh, exploded in my mouth. And the blue cheese dip, I always remember just how smooth and creamy that was and how it complemented the hotness of the wings and enhanced the flavor. And basically that's where my uh, love affair with buffalo wings started and it continues to this day. My most memorable experience with a wing well, as they say, there's nothing like the first time. So I, I think that first night um, with James and his college buddies eating wings for the first time at the farmhouse remains uh, my greatest and most lasting memory. But uh, I also have another strong memory um, that always brings a smile to my face, and that's actually an evening spent out with some of those Colgate Uni friends, James and Jeff, Charles and Fran, in New York City in 1992 for my 22nd birthday. And we stumbled upon a place by accident. I can't recall its name. In fact, there's quite a bit about the evening I can't recall. But this was a typical New York City dive bar. And while it was a dive bar, the upside was that they served these wings. And these wings were ranked on a scale according to their degree of hotness. Let's call it the chili factor and the serving at the top of this heat list was called the Chernobyl wing. And it was a huge sized wing and they only allowed them to be served one at a time. Now this uh, serving restriction, I may guess, was a requirement that was applied to the bar by the local fire department or a nearby health facility. Now common sense would tell you to avoid this sort of danger but as they say making mistakes is all just part of growing up and down they went. It seemed like a fun idea at the time to dare each other to eat these ferociously hot wings that had more punch than the closing scenes of a Rocky movie and to wash them down with one or two polite beverages but uh, we definitely had a few regrets the next morning and they lingered long into the next afternoon. Have I ever met a wing I don't like? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> One of my pet hates is when the wings are served whole and they haven't been cut up into flats and drum pieces and the tips haven't been cut off and thrown away. Um, this 
tells me that there's a lazy and unsophisticated method behind these wings, that they've probably been pre-cooked and frozen, which means that the flavour is substandard and pretty bland, really. This is generally backed up by serving ranch sauce with the wings rather than authentic blue cheese dip or, Lord forbid, mayonnaise uh, or aioli sauce. Wings that are heavily baked in breadcrumbs are also just poor substitutes for the real thing. And uh, call me a wing snob if you like, um, but if they're not authentic and if they're not genuine and if they're not the real deal and made with a bit of love and a bit of time and care, then you're better off doing your taste buds a favour and going without. Is there an American food? And do I think that food is the buffalo wing? Well, the answer is quite simply yes. Some people might look at the hot dog and the deep pan pizza in Chicago, but at the end of the day, they're just hybrids and they don't compare to the buffalo wing, which was born and raised in the USA. Um, the backstory to how the wing was invented on that famous Friday night at the Anchor Bar in 1964 proves that this great dish is purely American as it originated at the Anchor Bar. It didn't originate in Germany or Italy or even Australia. It was in upstate New York at the Anchor Bar and it goes a bit like this. That, uh, Dominic Bellissimo was tending bar late that evening and a group of his friends arrived with a big appetite and uh, he asked his mother Teresa to prepare something for his friends to eat. Now she had some chicken wings which were normally preserved for soup uh, in the kitchen of the Anchor Bar and she deep fried them and flavoured them with a secret sauce and of course they became an instant hit and uh, regular on the menu uh, not just at the Anchor Bar but all over the US and throughout the world and uh, even in Australia now they're very popular and becoming more and more popular and you've been listening to Colin Bettles and he's from Australia he listens to our show in Australia too and by the way America imports so many fine things around the world our ingenuity in every endeavor including of course food when we come back more with Colin Bettles here on Our American Stories Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to politics to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we return to Our American Stories and to an Australian listener of this show, Colin Bettles. The story of the buffalo wing and, of course, this Australian's obsession with it. In the early 90s, Colin headed back to London from his trip to America and started work back at the Builder's Arms Bar in Kensington. Let's pick up the story from there. Now, after my first trip to the U.S., I returned to live in London and I still had a strong craving for buffalo wings, but there was no wing scene in London in the early 1990s. 
and so it was a bit like looking for a needle in a haystack and I had to go without which of course wasn't easy and I hadn't thought of the idea at that stage of cooking them myself. Anyway, after a period of time, a couple of my fellow bartenders and workmates at the Builders Arms, Tim, who is from New Zealand, and Declan and Patrick, believe it or not, who are from Ireland, um, they'd learned about a US-style bar and restaurant called TGI Fridays opening in Covent Garden, and they duly informed me that uh, TGI's served wings. This was a major breakthrough in my life at that age, <laughs> and uh, this uh, new TGI Fridays became a regular haunt for me, and I'd often drag Tim and Declan and Patrick along there and anyone else who wanted to join me in a wing fest. They weren't the best wings I've ever had at TGI's, but they were certainly good and they certainly satisfied my appetite, and I'd often dine by myself at TGI's just to, to get a plate of wings. Now, about the age of 24, not that long after returning from uh, living overseas in London, I decided to go into business for myself and I bought a fish and chip shop. Now, this youthful stab at capitalism was underscored by, of course, placing buffalo wings on the menu at North Beach Seafoods and this kept my wing dream slightly alive, shall we say. But in a modest way, it was just great to be serving wings at my own business, even if it was a fish and chip shop. Now, one of the things that happened at that time was um, my marketing for the Buffalo Wings included a having a dedicated advertising board that my mate Benny Morgan uh, did for me, and he was a sign writer. And uh, on that advertising board, he drew a picture of a buffalo with the price, which I'd say was probably about $5 for a serve of 12 wings with blue cheese dip. Um, customers would often come into the shop and look at the sign and go, oh, I didn't know buffaloes had wings. Anyway, then obviously I would just be able to give them an education on buffalo wings and they would um, put their hand in their pocket and buy some, hopefully. These um, chicken wings, though, they weren't cooked in corn or peanut oil. Uh, let's just say um, there was a slight oceanic texture to the final flavour and the chicken meat also had to be frozen because there wasn't a large number of orders on a daily basis. So I had to defrost the chicken first and this meant that it uh, took a lot longer to cook the orders, about 40 minutes. So we lost sales but uh, this didn't put everyone off buying them and we had some good loyal customers who got into the habit of phoning their orders ahead which is what you do with a fish and chip shop anyway and so trying to train them up to buy buffalo wings and getting used to the slight delay and while there was i was never going to retire on buffalo wings alone from the fish and chip shop uh, it was certainly a great experience and i can always say that uh, i you know i came home and I tried to follow through on my buffalo wing dream and I, I did sell them to Australians for a while. Anyway, I sold the shop after a couple of years and I went to university uh, where I studied theatre and drama and English and comparative literature and creative writing. Eventually I got into a career in rural and political journalism which included working in the Canberra Press Gallery for several years. Now, the reason why it's probably important to uh, talk about how I went from owning a, a fish and chip shop to going to university and then becoming a journalist is because uh, my journalism career has opened up the door to some amazing opportunities and, um, of course, part of that is storytelling. And in more recent years, it has enabled me to be able to return to the US on a journalist visa and write stories about rural issues and farming issues and political issues and on one of these trips, I was able to visit the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, where Buffalo Wings originated. 
Now, I was aware of that fact because it was mentioned in the introduction to that original wing wing recipe from that recipe book that I'd used in 1993. Now, the intro to that recipe says, this American classic originated at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, where it is still a favourite with locals and tourists alike. Now, little did I know that one day I'd end up being one of those same tourists some 17 years later, visiting that famous bar at 1047 Main Street in Buffalo. Anyway, when I arrived at the Anchor Bar, uh, of course, I sat at the bar and was soaking up the atmosphere and uh, taking my time eating a great plate of incredible original buffalo wings. I eventually worked up the courage to ask the Anchor Bar's executive chef, Ivano Toscani, if he would agree to do a story for me uh, and that I'd travel all the way from Australia to capture the story of where and how buffalo wings originated. Anyway, Ivano generously agreed and he took me out the back into the Anchor Bar's kitchen, which is obviously the engine room of the business and it's where all the magic happens. And I asked him some questions and he gave me some great answers, which obviously had been well rehearsed over the years, I would say. And uh, that allowed me to write a great story about the history and origins of this American classic and to be able to share that with readers down under. Now, just a quick summary of the story that I wrote and what Ivano told me. And he said that the uh, original recipe and cooking method used by Teresa Balasimo on the night she invented buffalo wings in 1964 is still being practised at the Anchor Bar. Ivano said that while uh, Teresa didn't expect her wings to become an, an American legend, they now rank alongside the hot dog, James Dean and Elvis for American icon status. And if you go to a fancy restaurant or if you sit at a bar, and have a bar menu, you will most likely find buffalo wings. Ivano also said that the Anchor Bar served 2,000 pounds, which is 907 kilograms, of chicken wings every single day, and their famous hot sauce is also exported to Italy, Japan, France and Germany, and they also ship fresh buffalo wings to just about anywhere in the country. But just like London, there was no way of buying them anywhere in Perth, so the only way to solve that problem was to start making them myself. So I started cooking my own wings at home and like most great inventions, the evolution of my uh, recipe was born out of necessity and it certainly involved a great deal of trial and error. Let's say the focus was on the errors at that time, but uh, I started off by purchasing a recipe book that had the recipes for 365 different snacks and appetizers, and I've still got the book today. Among the recipes was one for buffalo chicken wings and another one for blue cheese dip. So this was, at the time, it was a bit like discovering a map to hidden treasure or a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Originally, I followed this recipe very closely and cooked the chicken wings using hot corn oil or peanut oil boiling in a pot uh, heated on an electric stove and an old electric stove at that. Now, needless to say, this uh, somewhat primitive cooking method proved somewhat problematic and there were some consequences that came with it, such as um, setting fire to the kitchen and the curtains uh, on more than one occasion, definitely overcooking the wings on more than one occasion, uh, resulting in complaints from neighbours due to smoke inhalation and other catastrophes, uh, including splattering chilli sauce and melted butter on the walls. 
but I was determined to get the recipe right. However, I learnt from my mistakes and maintain a steadfast focus on continuous improvement. And despite the misfired attempts and um, the burnt curtains, uh, I eventually found a groove and settled into a consistent way of making a decent batch of buffalo wings. I'm still cooking buffalo wings and, um, and while I enjoy cooking wings for family and friends, there's um, certainly more time between uh, wing hits now than they used to be in my 20s. And in fact, now I'm probably just as happy having the carrots and the celery alone. And great job on that piece by Monty. And a beautiful piece of storytelling by Colin Bettles. And he discovered this, well, this common food group here in the United States when he was a kid, when he was a college kid. And the next thing you know, this becomes his life's obsession. The story of the chicken wing and an Aussie listener of Our American Stories, Colin Bettles here on Our American Story. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Our American Stories, and we tell all kinds of stories here on our show, as you well know. Up next, a story from Andrea Luden from the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. That's right, the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum. At this museum, they have 20,000 salt and pepper shaker sets and 1,500 pepper mills. Here's Andrea on how something like this ever got started. The Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum started because my mother, who was an archaeologist for most of her life, was basically getting bored. Uh, We had moved to the U.S. back in the 80s, and so she was no longer affiliated with any universities in the States, so she didn't have any projects or programs to work with. So she started looking for uh, pepper mills because one broke at home and she wanted another pepper mill. And so we were searching for pepper mills and we would get another one and it would eventually break. And and as she was searching for pepper mills, she started running into salt and pepper shakers. And as she ran into more and more salt and pepper shakers, she started to realize that you can trace our society changing over time. So what was popular in the 20s changes by the 40s, the 70s, all the way until now. And that really got her passion going because she just wanted an object that's so simple that we all take for granted, but yet every single household in the whole planet has, is also a snapshot of our history. And that's what's so fascinating. It's not a car part. It's not uh, photographs. it's, It's something that's functional and the creativity behind them and and the ingenuity in a lot of them is just amazing. So that's how the collection started. And so over the years, she just started collecting more. Now this, this was never, the intent was never to create a museum. The intent was just to find the creativity, how unusual the artistry behind so many of these. And As time went by, my mom started collecting more and more and she would pack them up, put them underneath the house in boxes. And then one time, one Christmas, my brother got my mom a digital camera when they first came out. Now, when they first came out, you have to understand the digital camera, the little chip card was 16K was the biggest one that you could get. So nowadays that's barely a photo you could use on a website. So she would take pictures of them. She was cataloging them all. So my dad would bring a box. She would unwrap them, measure, describe them, and then pack them away. But in the evenings, she would leave a few out and she would say, oh, look, isn't this so cute? And we would be like ooing and aahing. And then we would, you know, come back home from work or from school. And and we would be like, so what did you find this, you know, today out of, you know, the 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 boxes and boxes of salt and pepper shakers and so sitting around the table like any family does we just started kind of you know chit-chatting and going like well wouldn't it be cool to like share this with people and we were like well yeah but where would we do that what should we do 
And, um, and so slowly the idea formed of creating a museum. And then the question was, where do we put a museum like this? And at the time we were living in Texas and a friend of ours told us about Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which we had never been to before. So we decided to do a quick trip And so we, we came to the Smokies and fell in love and we thought, oh my goodness, this would be a perfect place to place a museum. And so in 2002, we moved from Texas to here and opened the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum. So she collected for about 35 years. It was a, a family activity. We would go out and start looking for pepper mills and salt and pepper shakers. Back then, you know, 30, 40 years ago, flea markets were the big thing and they were really nice and rich. Now flea markets are a great place to find socks, but you don't really find what you used to find. What happened is over the years, those kind of vendors moved into antique shops and antique malls. And we've been to pretty much every single state Uh, in the U.S. and whichever antique shop or antique mall we would find, we would definitely stop and we would start looking around at all the different booths. And, and it was fun. It's a scavenger hunt. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, how, how did she know what she had and what she didn't have and the condition? And one of the things that she always said is, if you are a collector of anything, you have a, uh, an affinity with that, whatever subject matter is. So if you are a baseball collector and you have 10,000 baseball cards, you know exactly which cards you have in what condition they are or the ones that you're missing. Or if you're into comic books or anything like that, you, you know, it becomes part of you and your interest and a hobby that you research more and start to appreciate. I remember I was in a little town called Abingdon, Virginia. It's actually not too far from here. And they had in the summertime, they have a, an arts and craft show. And they also have like a vintage market. And I remember just walking and there was like this lady that had a booth of uh, jewelry. I'm a girl. Hey, I love anything that's sparkly and fun and jewelry. So I'm like looking around and all of a sudden behind a bracelet and behind a pendant, I see this black and white what looks like salt and pepper shaker earrings and I'm like <gasps> and I'm like and I'm looking at I like I look at the lady really quick and I'm, I'm and I you know make you know poker face like you know oh, what, what, ma'am excuse me um what 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 are these things over here and uh and she pulls it out and she's like oh these are salt and pepper shakers oh they're salt and pepper shakers well that's so weird isn't that weird and she's like yeah they're kind of weird and I'm like oh okay, well, how much are they? And she said, 20 bucks. And I was like, 20 bucks? Oh, okay, I'll give you 15. And she was like, okay, I'll take it. Inside, my heart was racing because I'd always heard about these earrings that are salt and pepper shakers. Literally, they're salt and pepper shaker earrings. They're the, the screw back, you know, old fashioned. So you know, they're dated 40, 50s, you know, and, and the screw back thingy. And I'm like, inside, I'm jumping in. Outside, I'm just like, cool, you know, like, oh, you know, I mean, I would have paid 50 bucks for these. But I just remember, and I'm like running back to my mom like you won't believe what I found <laughs> and so little moments like that but there's so many what's amazing about salt and pepper shakers is you get surprised even after so many years of collecting salt and pepper shakers we'll still run into shakers we've never seen before and just be completely blown away so like some of the favorites are Mount St. Helen so they actually make the Mount St. Helen volcano mountain out of the ashes of Mount St. Helen and it shows the volcano before it exploded and after it exploded. So the, the part that exploded, the top part is one shaker and then the rest of the mountain is the other shaker. Uh, and then things like, I like 
a lot of things are interactive also. So there is the Mona Lisa. And so the Mona Lisa lady, she is the salt. You take her out of the frame and the frame is the pepper. I mean, just that ingenuity, just that surprise. And you just go like, oh my goodness, who would have thought? And, and it's, so it's always a surprise. It always, always brings a smile to your face uh, and, and something you just want to share with others. And it was just neat because the other thing about going to antique shops and antique malls, when you're, when you're a younger person, you're going with somebody who are in their you know, 50s or 60s or something like that, because that's about the age of my parents were, um, is they, you'll run into, like I would go with my dad and you would run into tools and I would be like, hey dad, what's this for? And then he would say, oh, well, this would be used at a farm or on a ranch or in a factory or blah, 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 kind of a thing. So that's one of the fun things about going to antique shops and antique malls is it's walking down our history as a culture, as humans. Look at all these things that used to be used. All those things are part of our history and legacy. And uh, and I think they're getting forgotten, but it's it was just part of the, the extra bonus of the adventures of going uh, in search of salt and pepper shakers is also to look back at our, our history uh, in, in this planet. And you're listening to Andrea Luden, and she is talking to us from Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the home of the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum. When we come back, more from Andrea Luden on Salt and Pepper Shakers here on Our American Stories. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back with Our American Stories. You've been listening to Andrea Luden from the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, where they have 20,000 salt and pepper shaker sets and 1,500 pepper mills. We left off with Andrea talking about what it was like searching for all of these salt and pepper shakers across this great country. Back to Andrea. In searching for salt and pepper shakers, you, you also get to see not only antique shops and antique malls, but you see the small towns also. So the reason why we traveled so much is my mom, my dad, and I made jewelry we would go to arts and craft shows around the country and those shows are usually on the weekends so during the week we would be uh, going from one location to another and it would usually be you know going from one state to another so from indiana to ohio or to pennsylvania or michigan and all of this during the summertime so during the week it would give us a great opportunity to uh, look for antique shops antique malls and a lot of those places are found in the hearts and and in the main streets of these little towns in the middle of nowhere in these states so you had to get off the interstate and start searching also as you look around in a map just take just pull out a regular map any map it doesn't matter what map and start looking the little towns and there's certain words in the town that will have a reference to salt and that's pretty interesting because it turns out that a lot of the roads that we use were roads used for commerce. And one of the main things that was sold and traded was salt. Because without salt, humans can't live. Without salt, your food would spoil because this is before refrigeration. So it was a very important item and mineral that you needed. So you have like Saltville, which of course it's a pretty basic, obvious name. Uh, You have Saltville and then you have all these other names that of towns that you can see like anything that has lick on it l-i-c-k it has to do with a salt lick that's because animals used to go there and they would lick the salt because they need the salt the thing about salt and pepper shakers it's like an onion so it's not only these containers for salt and pepper it you start to peel one layer of the onion and then another layer and you get into more and more history the romans had a whole road 
their own interstate. It would be like Interstate 40 kind of a thing called the the uh, the Salta Via. And that was a road that was only having, having to do with commerce of salt. There's a, a time when salt was more expensive than gold. So it's really amazing when you start to go into the history of something that we all take for granted that's salt. And then with pepper, that's also another fascinating thing. Because if it wasn't for pepper, Columbus would never have gotten on a ship and tried to cross the Atlantic to get to the Indies. Because he ended up running into what he later called the West Indies because he was trying to find India and the Spice Islands because he was in search of pepper as well as cinnamon and all of these other spices uh, that we now take for granted, but is so rich and flavorful. So it's, it's just amazing what something so insignificant as a container of salt and pepper, what they actually represent. The creation, the forming of salt and pepper shakers is very American in the sense of, I mean, there's always been a container for, for salt, but uh, back in 1909, 1910, 1911, around that time, Morton, a gentleman by the name of Morton in Chicago uh, and Detroit area, uh, he came up with an additive that would help coat the little crystals of salt and allow it to pour. And that's when the Morton Salt Company became so famous with their slogan of, when it rains, it pours. He by finding an additive and, and creating this type of salt, he created a boom for salt shakers. And, and so that created a whole industry. And so you, you have all these salt and pepper shakers from the, the early 1920s and 30s kind of thing. But then World War II happened. And with World War II, there is the occupation of Japan which is really amazing because what happened with the occupation of Japan is the American government decided that they wanted to kickstart the Japanese economy. So they sent representatives from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, from all these factories of uh, goods like teacups and, and kettles and dishes and, and things like that, pottery, porcelain because Japan is very famous for its porcelain and pottery and artistry. So they sent these representatives over there to kickstart those factories back up again for only the American market. So they were creating items to be sold back in the United States. World War II is over now. You have all of these servicemen that are coming back home. They have been traveling all over the world. So they come back home and everybody's pumped up. There's a new energy in the U.S. Uh, this is in the late 40s, early 50s. You start to get into the, the tradition of the road trip. Let's get the family, everybody on the car, and let's go. So they go, Route 66 is born. Going to Florida is the big tradition as well. And along the way, they have to buy souvenirs. And what do they end up buying? Salt and pepper shakers because it's also helping an economy getting boomed and, and coming up as well. So again, there's all of this history uh, that is surrounded in something that we all take for granted that's sitting at your table. And it's just incredible how, how one thing is, is connected to another through uh, uh, something as simple as salt and pepper. 
we have a lot of people that will come out of the museum and they were like, oh my gosh, I saw this shaker that I haven't seen since I was five years old because my great, great aunt, she had them. And, and, and it brings these memories to people. It, it brings these family connections that they hadn't thought about in so long. And then they always go like, I wonder what happened with that set or they have it or, you know, they'll say, I still have it. I can't believe I saw it here. And it's just so neat to bring that connection back to, to the family, because this is, this is a labor of love. It, it's not like we're, you know, making riches here. We are sharing a, a passion and a love of, of a, an item that we don't think should be taken for granted because everybody has it in their house. Not everybody has a, a, a computer or, or has a purse or whatever, but everybody has this one thing that connects us all together. And that's so cool. My mother passed away in 2015. She passed away at the age of 80. She had a very full life, uh, a very rich and full life. I always said that if she had seven lifetimes in one lifetime, she would take everything to the extreme. So, so she didn't let anything go to waste. She hated napping or, or sleeping because she didn't want to miss anything. Anytime we would go on an airplane, you know, she would always be looking out the window. It's like either she just loved it. She had a passion for living and a passion for this world and a, a passion for, for this planet. So she always lived to the fullest. And so when she passed away, she was the driving force behind all of this. And so for me personally, it was a stumbling block because all of a sudden, it was like my motors were taken away from me. I, I started drifting. I didn't know where I'm going. Now what? But being in the museum, definitely she's here. This is part of her. It will always be a part of her. And just continuing to make her dream an everyday thing. It's not that she ever wanted to become famous or be known like, oh, she's the salt lady. No, she just wanted to share with everybody what she found fascinating, you know, and she would say, look at this, isn't this fascinating? And, and she would just get you contagious about whatever interesting thing that she found. And there's so much hiding behind salt and pepper shakers. And so, so it's been really neat and an honor to be able to continue her legacy with the salt and pepper shakers. And great job as always to Faith and a special thanks to Andrea Luden and also to her mom for, well, creating a daughter like she did and teaching her about the things that matter in life, which is to have passion for the small things and family. And my goodness, to have a daughter talk about a mother this way, it doesn't get better, folks. She had a passion for living, a passion for this world. And by the way, though she got lost for a little bit, it became clear what she was going to do with the rest of her life and listen to Andrea's passion. It's infectious, and it makes you want to just get up and start driving around with your family across country and stop in little towns and roam around in little shops. By the way, you can go to Gatlinburg and visit the museum. Again, 20,000 salt and pepper shaker sets, 1,500 pepper mills, and a whole lot of stories about this country. The Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum, its story, and in the end, Andrea Luden and her mother's story, here on Our American Story.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.